Hello. We're pleased you've been able to tune in again to Finding Truth Matters with Dr Andrew Corbett. Welcome to the program. And quite simply, the answer is I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this. He not only invites us to pray, he commands us to pray. God the Father wants us to pray. He wants us to pray. And, and that is so clearly taught by Jesus and the apostles that, that it's hard to mistake. There are many religious doctrines in the world and while some might have us think that all roads lead to heaven, nothing could be further from the truth. If you're doing some exploring, you're new to Christianity or you've been a Christian for a while, then stay tuned. Let's join Dr. Corbett now as he goes back to basics and continues his short three-part series titled Christianity Unpacked. Tonight, let's look at praying. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome to church. And this is the continuation of Christianity Unpacked. And we've seen that Christianity is a journey. And we noted in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it reads this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Uh, be built, uh, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And so it, that verse by Paul to the Colossians describes the walk with Christ, the journey with Christ as a, as a trek. It's, it's going to be, as we might describe it, a, a long hike. And therefore, on any long hike, you need to take supplies. We've already seen in our first instalment that the first thing we need to pack in order to not only make this, make this journey, make the distance in the journey, but also to enjoy the journey, to delight in the journey. And when you've got the right equipment, the right gear, and the right thing in your pack, it makes the journey so much more enjoyable. In our first session, we saw that the very first thing you have to have in your pack is the Word of God. It's an, a supply of endless nourishment. The, it, and whenever you go on a long hike, you have to take nourishment. You have to take replenishing food. For the Christian, the Bible is an endless supply of spiritual nourishment. And we need to increasingly understand how to read the Bible, how to interpret the Bible and how to apply the Bible. And from the earliest moment of following Christ, this, this can be learnt. We can learn to read it prayerfully. We can learn to ask questions of the text, even in prayer, where we can apply the word. Now, I want to look at the second most important thing that you need to embark on this journey with Christ, and that's prayer itself. So let's unpack prayer. And to do that, I think we need to pray. So join with me now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank your God that we can come together and we can enjoy a meal together and now unpack your word. Look at what your word says about how we can develop a relationship with you. Father, we thank you that your word says we can approach your throne room spiritually and boldly. And God, you invite us to come into your throne room. And I pray, Father, as a result of our time together tonight, that that will indeed be the motivation that people have to pray. So Father, help me to deliver this word from your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so we know that praying is actually very, very confusing for people. And we know that because if you do a Google search, you're going to come up with 2.31 billion results about how to pray. 
It is absolutely staggering. Going to a Christian bookstore, probably one of the most written about topics for Christianity is about prayer, about how to pray. So praying is obviously a mystery to some. It's something that people want to be able to do, but all too often don't know how to go about it. And what I want to say tonight, based on what we see both in the Bible and in the teaching of Christ, prayer, put simply, prayer, prayer is talking to God. That's, that's as simple and as complicated as it need to be. We see in the Bible that prayer can be done audibly to God. Uh, we, we can use our voice to do it. We can pray with others to do it. It can also be done silently. And it can also be done in writing. Many people have found that writing their prayers out is, is actually quite therapeutic for their soul. For those who don't understand what prayer is, it is at least what they think it is. A, 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 it is, well, I should say, what most people think of prayer, I think, is that it, it's something that gives you power over God. It, it, you ask God for something and he has to do it. Now, the reason I would think a lot of people think that's what prayer is, is because one of the objections that I hear from people who perhaps claim they tried Christianity, now, they've, now they are no longer a Christian, is this. I prayed and nothing happened. I prayed and my prayers did not get answered. Tonight, I want to offer up several prayers that I can absolutely guarantee you will be answered if you pray them. And also point out that that is not what prayer is about. Prayer is not us having power over God. It's actually, as I hope we'll see tonight, the exact opposite. It is where we surrender to God. So true prayer is, is where we, we can submit our requests to God in prayer. Uh, Paul will say that in Philippians 4, 6. But true prayer actually begins by submitting ourselves first to God, by surrendering our will to his will and asking for his will to be done, as we'll see in what's called the Lord's Prayer. So a person, begins, a person who begins to pray by telling God what they want him to do is, is actually setting themselves up for disappointment. You cannot do that. You cannot, you cannot say uh, that I'm walking away from Christ because God simply did not do what I told him to do. Th that sort of comes back to the first thing you should have put in your pack, and that is be informed by the Word of God, be informed by the Bible. True prayer is about us just opening our heart to God. Just whatever's on our heart, whether we're feeling happy, sad, whether we're feeling angry, or whether we're feeling at ease or peace, it doesn't matter. That's, that's what it's all about. So I think that's why many people who now claim to be atheists who have done so on the basis that their prayers weren't answered had actually set themselves up for disappointment. We read in Philippians 4, 6, I just mentioned it a moment ago. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So prayer, in one sense, is a great mystery. And, and it's the great mystery because why... Why does the all-powerful God require us to pray? I mean, what is in it for him? What actually does he gain from us praying? And quite simply, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this. He not only invites us to pray, he commands us to pray. God the Father wants us to pray. 
He wants us to pray. And, and that is so clearly taught by Jesus and the apostles that, that it's hard to mistake. When Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, he, he said this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now get that? That's the, the opening lines of, of the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Talk to God as Father, worship God, that is hallowed be your name, invite his kingdom, his rule and reign to be outworked in your life and for his will to be done in your life as his will is done in heaven. So prayers, essentially, when we pray, what we're doing is we are expressing our confidence and our trust in God. I would say that, that prayer is, is actually really necessary for the Christian because when life isn't going the way you wanted, when your prayers that, that you wanted uh, God to answer so that your circumstances would be more comfortable aren't being answered, I think that's the time as someone said, when it's hard to pray, that's when you need to be praying more. So we, when, we, when we are praying, we, we are expressing our utter dependence on God. The highest prayers someone has said that we could ever pray sound very similar to those recorded by Matthew and Mark and Luke when, when they noted what Jesus was praying just before he was taken away to the cross. It says this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. So here's, so again, I'm, just, I'm repeating this because this is actually the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer is that we are surrendering our will to God. There are some ways that the Bible teaches us not to pray. We shouldn't pray like this and I've mentioned a couple of them already let me run through a very brief list Jesus said don't pray to impress others about how religious you are Jesus actually condemned that he actually said that's what the hypocrites do when you pray don't pray as if you think uh, there are magic words and if you use those magic words then God must answer your prayer don't, don't pray like that. In, in fact, what you'll see, I hope, is that some of the most potent, powerful prayers are not really potent and powerful. They are simple. And they are a simple, heartfelt cry to God. And that heartfelt cry to God is something that will either uh, appeal to God to be able to take action or in God's grace, he, he may choose not to, but, it, but even still, at the end of it, we are joining with Christ in saying, not my will be done, but your will be done. And so quite simply, again, praying is not talking to the devil, to a demon or anything like that. Prayer is actually talking to our Heavenly Father. And this is really important that we are praying in Jesus' name. And that doesn't necessarily mean we have to use those words. When you're in Christ, that's praying in Jesus' name. And we pray to the Father. We pray, and that's, what, that's how Jesus taught. So because praying is firstly an act of surrender to God, we do not pray with a tone of telling what God must do for us. 
That's, that's not praying. That's something else. It's not praying. Um, some people think we should pray against certain things. In other words, they, they start off by, by speaking against the devil. And that's, that's not what prayer is all about at all. In fact, the, the Bible actually discourages us from talking with demons or the devil or Satan or anything like that. Uh, in fact, it says that not even some of the highest angels in heaven would dare talk with, with the evil one. And so I want to encourage you not to pray against things, but to pray to God for his will to be done. So when we are addressing the only one who declares and decrees what will, what will be and what will happen, we, we don't declare things in our own power. We don't declare to the air what must happen or how, how it's to happen. We appeal to God. So I've heard some people say, oh, I declare this will happen. I declare... You're, you know, well, there's nothing in Scripture that resembles that kind of praying. Praying, the kind of praying in Scripture, is the kind of praying that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and that's where we are surrendering to God, our hearts first. So, you might want to consider the kind of prayers that God will will answer. If you want to know what they are, they might sound something like this: God, have your way. In my life it could also be something along the lines of you perhaps you're someone who doesn't even know if God is real or if there is a God then you might want to pray a prayer like this and if you don't believe there, there is a God then what have you got to lose but it might sound something like this God if you're real reveal yourself to me if you're real reveal yourself to me and just see what happens and I've encouraged others to pray prayers like that. And there's been some fairly dramatic things that have happened in them where they've come back to me and said, you know what, I, I prayed that and the weirdest thing happened. And they'll tell me pretty much what the, what the weirdest thing is. I'm mindful that sometimes it seems God uses our prayers in a way where we are invited to, to have some... I guess running of the universe, if it might sound so bold, we can pray for wars to stop. I think we should pray for wars to stop. We can pray for violence to come to an end. We can pray for marriages to be restored. We can pray for people to be healed. In fact, this is what I would say. The more you grow in Christ, the more you come to know Christ, the more you will become concerned for things other than yourself. That is, you'll become concerned for the welfare of your family, the welfare of your city, the welfare of your church, perhaps, and the welfare of foreign nations that are going through, perhaps, corrupt uh, dictatorships or corrupt uh, political systems that are denying that country and those people the prosperity that they would otherwise enjoy. Uh, there's a story that where David Livingston, the great missionary to, to Africa who was tracing the source of the Congo, was, uh, he, he was suffering horribly from the effects of malaria and he was rather dependent on some medication that, that he needed to, to sustain him. The story goes that, that David Livingston actually was was on his knees in his cabin in a, in a in a village a hut 
in Africa praying for that medication to come. And the interesting thing is that it was the, the journalist um, by the name of Stanley who was, uh, was searching all along the Congo River trying to find David Livingston. Everywhere he went, he found villages where they had turned to Christ. They were singing hymns, they, they were worshipping the God of the Bible. And these people said, oh, that, you know, you'll find him in the next village or whatever. And eventually, Stanley, the journalist from New York, found David Livingston. And after having trekked for so long, he, he uh, knocked on the hut door, was greeted with an, an invitation to enter, and he uttered the famous words, Dr. Livingston, I presume. And uh, as the, the two got chatting, um, and David Livingston was interrupted in his praying, he got up and was greeted by um, Stanley, who uh, told him why he was there. He was writing a story on him, and it was, he'd been sent to find him to see you know, about his progress and everything. At the end of their meeting, he said, oh, I forgot something. I, I, was, I was asked to bring this to you. It was a small package from New York. And inside that package was the medication that he had just been praying for. Now, this, I find this intriguing that sometimes we're praying for things that God in his will is wanting us to pray for and somehow he still wants us to pray for it even though it's in his will and he's already got it in hand. I think if we knew that, increasingly knew that, we would probably be more at ease and more trusting and enjoying a greater peace with God if, if we had that assurance that everything we pray for is already taken care of. God has our best interests at heart. So these are the prayers that I would encourage you to pray. Pray for God's will to be done in your life. Pray for God to have his way in your life. Pray for God to use you to bless others. Ask God to show you how to pray. Now by, by praying those kinds of prayers, you'll be praying in a way that is quite different to the prayers that people who said, I tried praying, God didn't do what I wanted to do, therefore I don't believe in him. So give it a go. So here's the question I would ask you to, to ponder and to consider. In your life, throughout your life, have you ever experienced a time when you have been in, impulsively praying? I remember hearing of a Formula One race car driver who was interviewed just before he was tragically killed in a, an F1 motor vehicle accident. And he said that he didn't believe in God, he didn't believe in prayer, but if it ever was that he was in a dangerous situation where his life was you know, at risk of, of, of ending, he was pretty sure in that moment he would start to pray, he would begin to pray. And I heard that and I, I found that comment from this Formula One race car driver especially poignant. And I found it poignant because it was weeks after that interview with that journalist that he actually did die in a car accident. And I wondered, did he in that moment, as he said he probably would, did he take time in that moment to actually pray? Did he look death in the face and realize there was no way out of this 
and he turned to God? Hmm, don't know. Perhaps eternity will reveal the answer to that question. Which then leads me into thinking, for some people, they will spend their life not praying, God, have your way in my life, or God, your will be done um, in my life. But they will be living the kind of life that says, I'm going to have my will done in my life without any regard to God at all. And this is what I've come to discover, that even those people who deny the existence of God, who deny that they would ever pray, even in their, their darkest hour, often do pray to the God they have for long forsaken, for, for many, many years they've turned their back on. And this is quite remarkable, that in their final moments, they turn to God in prayer. It's almost a human, a universal human reflex that we turn to God in prayer when it looks, when things look utterly hopeless. I just want to finish up with one final thought about the value of prayer, and this is particularly pertinent as a pastor. Recently, my father was very, very ill, very ill, and he was in an isolation ward, being diagnosed with COVID, and he was in and out of consciousness and there was a moment on a Tuesday morning when he had consciousness and my sister who lives in Victoria was in the ward in full PPE with my, my, my very ill father and she happened to have her video call phone and she, she called and I was able to see my father and have a chat with my father and assured him that uh, because the doctor had asked me to come over to Victoria and to visit with my father because he may not have much longer, I spoke with him. My brother was also on that call and he spoke with him and we, we were able to say to dad that uh, we'll be coming over very, very soon. Uh, in fact, as soon as we could get over, and we would celebrate communion together, and we would pray with each other. My father said, that, that'd be great, I look forward to it. It was a moment of uh, precious lucidness from my dad because the, just the effect of the drugs and the, the, the treatment that he was under meant that he was often uh, not fully aware, not fully conscious, but in that moment, he, he was. And so in saying that to him, uh, and, and he said how much he was looking forward to that moment, I knew that his soul was at peace with God. And so, as it turns out, my brother and I got the, the first flight over uh, from uh, Tasmania to head down to the hospital in Geelong. And unfortunately, it was along the way that I received the call uh, that my father had just passed away. So we were unable to get there to pray with him in person. I'm rather grateful, though, that we had that opportunity to, to at least talk and at least pray uh, via that video call. That was wonderful. Here's the thought that I want to really impress upon you, especially those people, perhaps, who, are, who have loved ones in their lives and you have invited them to surrender their lives to Christ and they have they've resisted, they've pushed back and they've not wanted to entertain that idea at all. Uh, I have uh, preached a message uh, about the last three seconds of your life because in that last three seconds, 
many, many times I've heard people say, time slows down in the last few seconds of your life. It's as if, it's as if seconds get turned, not just into minutes, but into hours. And it's an, it's an amazing experience that I've heard people describe that just in that moment when they felt themselves slipping from this life into the next, they, they could, you know, the expression, they, they could see their life flash before their eyes. And so this is what I would say to you. In those moments, in the last few seconds of your life, because none of us know, none of us have any guarantee that we will have our next heartbeat, let alone our next tomorrow, and so in those, in those final moments, remember that you are just one prayer away from God. You are not a million miles away. You are just one prayer away from God. And a prayer that you might want to consider praying at, at that moment in your life, in the last three seconds of your life, something along the lines of, God, be merciful to me. God, be merciful to me. Now, for those who are familiar with the gospel story, you'll know that I'm actually taking that, that from the gospels, particularly thinking of one of the, the, the criminals who was crucified on the other side of, of Christ, one on his left, one on his right. And we know that, that both of these criminals originally were mocking Christ as they, all three of them were on the, on their, nailed to their crosses dying. And as they were mocking toward the end of the day one of them actually had a change of heart and that's when he he asked christ to remember him when he entered into his kingdom so something transacted in his heart and in that moment he asked christ to be remembered in other words he was saying be merciful to me when you come into your kingdom be merciful to me and what a great prayer and perhaps uh, not only is it for those who might have never surrendered their life to Christ, never given their life to Christ, but perhaps even in this moment, you know you've never surrendered your life to Christ. I want to encourage you in this moment to surrender your life to Christ. Not only do you need the last... It's not only in the last three seconds that you can pray, God be merciful to me. You could pray that prayer right now. You could pray the kind of prayer that will transform your life both now and beyond the grave. And that's what I want to do in these, just these closing moments together. I want to invite you to surrender your life to Christ. It was just a couple of weeks ago that I did the committal of my dad's body just before we conducted the memorial service for his life and celebrated his life. And the story that came out over and over and over is that he was able to die well because he lived well. Even in those final moments when it was hard to breathe, he was in some discomfort that doctors were able to treat, but he remained faithful to Christ. He didn't lift a fist to heaven and shake it at God. Why are you letting me suffer like this? He raised an open palm and surrendered to God his very soul, and he died peacefully in his sleep. Now... In this moment, as we close, I'm inviting you to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe you don't have the assurance that if you were to die now, if you were die, to die tonight, that you would have peace with God for eternity. You can settle accounts long before you're on your deathbed, and that's what I want to encourage you to do now. So would you join me in prayer? 
I want to invite you to give your life to Christ, hand your life over to him, and allow him to have his way in your life. And I want to encourage you to pray a prayer that sounds something like this. Father God, have your way in my life. Father, take my life and use it for your glory. Please forgive me and help me to forgive those who've hurt me. Help me now from this point on for the remaining time that I have on earth. Help me to live for others and to be a blessing to them. May you use me, Lord, as your instrument to show your love to others. Now, Lord, fill me with your spirit and help me from this point on to live for you. Amen. And amen means let it be. So if you've prayed that prayer, get in contact with us. We'd love to send you some material to help you on your journey. You'll find the details at the end of the program. And I want to encourage you, just as it's important to pack the Word of God into your, to your pack, your travel pack for the Christian journey, it's also important to pack prayer, that, that ability to be able to communicate with God wherever you are, whenever you are. God bless you. That's all we have time for tonight. If you'd like to obtain a CD copy or premium download of tonight's discussion, then please go to our website, findingtruthmatters.org and select Christianity Unpacked Praying from our online store. You can also find the podcast by subscribing to Finding Truth Matters on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud. As we've heard tonight, prayer is talking to God and expresses our trust in Him. More from Dr. Corbett next week with more of Christianity Unpacked. Dr. Corbett is pastor of Lagana Christian Church and president of ICI Theological College Australia. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to meeting with you again at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.